don't matter what your name is Share your story, we'll be waiting Duh, uh, uh, What's up, everybody, and welcome back to For the Haters podcast. Uh, if you're new here, my name is Becky, and I am your host. We are joined here by Laura, who is a co-host and writer. What's up, everyone? <laughs> I don't know every time you say that. I always laugh. I don't know what's funny about <laughs> those three words. But. Uh, and then we're, uh, I don't know if this is the first time for this season, or the actual, I don't know if we've ever had two people on at once. Podcast, yes. Video, no. Hmm. So this is a, a new first. So you guys are in for a treat. Uh, so today we're joined by Devin and Jess. If you guys want to say hi. just <laughs> At the same time, is fine. <laughs> I was waiting for her to go first. In unison. Hey. Hi. <laughs> all right. We're um, not awkward at all. <laughs> it's totally fine. We're um, professionals. I, I thrive off awkward, awkwardness. Nice. So we'll, we'll do just fine. Um, so... To get started, if this and to give everyone a forewarning, I don't know how long this episode's gonna be. Um, it it might go past the hour that we normally do, but I mean, I feel like this is a, a pretty relevant and important topic to mm-hmm. talk about because it relates to every single person. Um, mm-hmm. a, a lot of our podcasts only they're somewhat niche. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if one of you want to start. I don't know who wants to go first. I figured that you guys could kind of just give us a little background of both of you. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that there's points that we want to talk about, and then we'll get there after that, after we kind of know you and your story. Mm-hmm. So if you guys want to battle it out. Jess goes first. <laughs> arm muscle. That's fine. I would have won it anyways. Um, that's true. <laughs> so uh, in terms of, like, our story for DIY or just, like, my own personal, like, how we I got involved or how we came up with it? Um, I would say, but like, how you got involved and, like, what caused you to, you know, start it. Okay, so m- my personal story, I mean, I guess going back to, like, way back when I was younger, I was never one of those people who grew up, like, picturing my wedding or, like, actually even envisioning it at all. Um, so I would say that I was pretty untraditional in that sense. And so... Um, I was dating my now husband. We were together. We've been together for 10 years, but um, we're dating long distance. And um, ultimately, I wound up moving from New York to Philadelphia to be with him. And that was around like five years into our relationship. And he proposed uh, and everyone was like, oh, my God, congrats. And I was like, wait, like, thanks. But now do I have to like have a wedding? Like, is that what comes after the proposal? And so um, once we kind of got it started with planning the wedding, I found myself kind of falling into what I thought was expected of me rather than doing what I actually truly wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we wound up booking a venue because obviously you need a place to get married if you have a wedding and um, realizing that we didn't want to get married at that venue a couple of months later called off the venue, lost a lot of money down the line, and decided to do things our own way and have more of a traditional, uh, a non-traditional backyard wedding with just like friends, family, music, good food. Um, But so throughout that process, really found myself questioning why I was going through with all of these steps that I thought were expected of me and like knowing that I didn't want to actually do them. Mm -hmm. I like that. Thanks. And there's so much to unpack there. Yeah, sure. <laughs> absolutely. Um, the extended cut. Yeah. <laughs> T- 
to my story is a little bit different than Jess's. Um, I was in a long-term relationship with someone. We dated for a total of six years, lived together, you know, on paper, looked like we had the ideal relationship. We were from the same town. Um, We had siblings who were close in age together. We, at the time, when we first met, we were working in similar industries. Um, We ended up getting engaged and planning a wedding and 90 days before we were supposed to get married I found out he had been cheating on me for the past six months um so on the spot called everything off and was like get out of the house we're done Mm -hmm. um and had to deal with the fallout of you know canceling my wedding and also ending a really serious long-term relationship um that's what led me to wanting to start DIY. And Jess was, we had worked together at the time, but she was sort of there through all the highs and lows that I went through. She was there when we were dating, when we got engaged and saw how excited I was. But then she was also there when things started to get sort of bad between us and I was starting to question the relationship. And then ultimately when we decided to break up um, and I just knew that I really needed a place to turn to when I was going through such a hard time and there just wasn't anything out there that existed. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was so important for me to have a support system of friends and family who I could trust and, you know, had my best interests at heart. Um, And I know not everyone's fortunate enough to have that when going through something pretty difficult. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then, so it's DIY relationships? So the company is DIY Breakups. Breakups. Okay, Um, that's what... Okay. mm -hmm. Um, If you kind of want to just touch on that um, and explain, like, what it is Mm -hmm. and where people can find it and the premise behind it. Yeah, so DIY Breakup is a community that was created to support a called-off engagement. Um, It's... When I was going through it, I realized people didn't want to talk about calling off an engagement or canceling your wedding. Um, There was a lot of embarrassment attached to it or there was a stigma attached to it that Mm -hmm. oh that poor person oh how terrible for them um so it wasn't something where people were outwardly or openly sharing their stories of the breakup that they went through um so DIY breakup you know one of the biggest things we're doing is just creating community that people can go to um when they're going through a difficult breakup but we also offer a lot of ways and recommendations on how to recoup the cost of a cut off wedding so we offer or give recommendations on where you can sell your dress your decorations your engagement ring but then we recently launched our vendor listing page so you can list your photographer florist your venue in the hopes that someone would rebook it so you're not liable for paying for the entire cost of the wedding even though it's not huh, happening that's very interesting. yeah really? yeah and most like- contracts will say you have to pay us in full mm-hmm. regardless if you have it or not and that's something just experienced when she booked a venue and then canceled it and was out that money yeah and so like those are a huge part of like what like those are pretty much all the reasons why mm-hmm. we you know started to focus on like there's something missing like if you are engaged to someone and you decide that your plans have changed and you no longer want to go through with it why is there not a support system out there for people that are going through that like why do they have to feel like number one they're alone and also to have a financial loss so like mm-hmm. what can we do to help people who are going through situations similar to ours, although Devin and I experienced very different things when planning a wedding and like leading up to it. But at the same time, like we both were kind of like, well, now what do we do? And like there wasn't really much out there. And like when you're calling off a wedding or you're canceling a venue or whatever it is, the last thing you want to do is like 
Google, like, where can I go to sell my dress? Like, no mm. one wants to do that. And right. so, like, how can we help and consolidate all of this information so that people that have plans changed can, like, go to this one spot and find everything they you need? You don't feel stuck. Yeah. I think right. a big thing for me and when I, leading up to everything and before I found out that he was cheating on me, like, I wanted to end the relationship. And... It was so hard for me to justify doing that because we had so much history together, number one, but also we had spent the past year planning for a wedding and I thought about my parents and they'd be out thousands of dollars and how could I do that to them? And I think ever since we launched DIY, a lot of people have reached out just saying, I wish I would have canceled it before, but I was afraid to because mm -hmm. of those same reasons. Like it was just easier to go through with it and then get divorced later. And the moment that's what they felt and then they found out it's not easier to get divorced. It's actually a lot more expensive and complicated. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think just having an outlet for people to go to where they just don't feel like you only have one option. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's... Um, no, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I know that you talk about these like social standards and social, you know, this pressure that you get from what other people are doing and what people are watching. And it's interesting because, you know, I don't know if I've ever like sat down and thought about like the heartache that someone g goes through in a breakup when they're breaking off a engagement because you're so focused on the wedding that like your life just like ended in a sense too mm -hmm. right like you have to begin a new life afterwards because mm -hmm. i mean i've been through breakups before and like they're awful mm -hmm. like they're mm -hmm. like terrible and to have to add that on top of it sure. and i can 100 percent see how it's just like overlooked like the feelings and the emotions behind you know the breakup and and dealing with this loss of someone, but you have all this financial and social pressure mm -hmm. that's just, like, eating everything else up. Yeah, there's definitely a lot to process in the moment, and you don't even know where to start because it's you want to take care of yourself first, but then you have all these extra things to deal with on top of it, and it's like you were probably living together, and then you have to notify your guests, and every time you tell someone, they want to know the story, mm -hmm. and it's just so many things to tackle, and that just are all of a sudden on your plate that it's extremely overwhelming and it just adds another layer that no one wants to deal with. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it's going through your breakup, you're sad, you're processing it, um, especially a long-term one. It was like I had to, you know, break up with the future I thought I was going to have with this person. So I was just completely, again, overwhelmed by everything that I had to deal with all of a sudden in that moment. It came out of nowhere. It was like one day we we're fine, the next, you know, like yeah. see ya yeah. it's almost I, I feel like in a way it's almost more tragic than and this is not to discount people who go through divorce or whose parents have gone through divorce but there are divorce support groups there are lawyers to help you mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. divide assets and, and figure out how to you know sort of I guess navigate your way through these situations but you just I mean you get the nail on the head like you're saying goodbye to a future that you didn't have mm -hmm. and you're alone doing this mm -hmm. and I feel like people I've never heard of something like this where people are, are dedicating a community or a cause rather to help a community of, of these people through this. My, my mom actually called off an engagement and then a week later met my father. So it was kind of, I guess she was fine. Yeah. But uh, it's well, tough, I'm sure. And that's the thing too. I think like being, you know, being here when Devin went through everything she experienced and like fast forwarding what a year and a half or two years later and just seeing like how much 
not better because obviously you were a great person then, but like how much you've learned and grown from that experience. Like, like you mentioned, like everything's going to be okay and it might not seem mm-hmm. like it in the moment, right. but like this is happening for whatever reason it's happening and you will come out better. Sure. Mm-hmm. And you want to now help people figure right. that out for themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, I think that's wonderful. Um, I have a, a really, one, like one of my best friends that went through this situation and I actually texted her today. Um, and I was like, oh, like, look at the topic that we're discussing today. And she was like, holy shit, like, I wanted to do this because I felt so alone. You know, she called had a call off her wedding of a very long-term boyfriend. And, like, she kept sending me screenshots of stuff you guys posted because, like, she just related to it. And she's like, I wish I had this for, you know, when I was going through this because, you know, I know the emotional damage that like she went through Mm -hmm. from just not even the loss of the relationship but from calling off the wedding like there was so much like trauma that like she went through Mm -hmm. that like you know I didn't know like how she was going to get through it because you know I can't relate to it you you can only sit there and listen Mm -hmm. and that's you know the premise of kind of what we what we do here is connect people that have similar stories so that they know that Mm -hmm. it it can get better there's a common thread between i think what we do and what you do and so it's it's Mm -hmm. nice to have you on for that reason Mm -hmm. because i mean this is something that can literally happen to every single person that is Mm -hmm. listening so Mm -hmm. it's obviously a need to have this type of support because it's not talked about enough yeah um but i mean it all stems also i know that you guys had mentioned wanting to talk about it there's also the underlining aspect of like relationships themselves, right? And mm-hmm. you know, staying in relationships longer than you should have because of of the social pressure, um, toxic relationships that is too common in the world that we live in. Um, I don't know if you want to kind of touch on those points a little bit. Yeah, I mean, for myself, I was the kind of person who let my relationship define who I was. Mm -hmm. And I thought that that was the most interesting thing about me. Um, And I see a lot of my friends or people that I know in situations like that where you're just investing so much into this one person that you're just determined to make it work. And Mm -hmm. that's what happened with us. I was just exhausting every option because he was my world. Like, I didn't think that I had any type of life of my own because I just invested so much of myself and my energy into him and making us this couple. And it was just completely unrealistic and also sad at the same time because I completely lost who I was. Mm -hmm. And then if you don't feel like you know who you are as a person, like how can you feel okay being on your own or standing on your own two feet? So I think that's part of what kept me in the relationship for so long, even Mm -hmm. though it was unhealthy and I wasn't happy at the end of the day. Yeah, and I mean, that's a huge issue that's affecting so many people. You know, mm-hmm. I have plenty of friends that, you know, are, are in toxic relationships. I laugh because I just, like, thought about all the people I know that are in toxic relationships. Um, not that it's funny. It's just, like, so sad. Like, it's very I, common. And, and like, I've, I've been in, like, mm-hmm. very toxic relationships. So I, like, get the thought and feeling that you have like going through these it almost it's like you can be one thing like as your own person and then you get into this relationship and like the best qualities about you like are just completely removed Mm -hmm. right like it's like you lose completely the person you are and you become so codependent that you're just like not your own person anymore 
It's interesting you say that because we did a podcast recently um, and one of the things that really impressed me were the questions that uh, the person who was interviewing us was asking mm -hmm. and I complimented her afterwards was, you know, and let her know that I was really impressed with her questions and she said, thank you, you know, it's funny. My ex-boyfriend used to tell me I asked too many questions and I said, <laughs> imagine where you would be now if that's who you were with. Like, mm -hmm. would you have ever gotten to the point where these questions were ultimately going to be like a profession for you and like right. allow you to connect with so many different people and it's just really interesting because I think that we spend a lot of time trying to like change people and think that they're going to change for us but at the end of the day like what I learned at least like of course no one's perfect and you're always going to be working on yourself but why change why like spend all this time trying to change someone when you can find someone who you like as they are yeah it's a very good point mm-hmm and I mean there's constant growth in relationships right it's constant mm -hmm. work like every single day I talk about a lot I'm, I'm like a very big like helpless romantic like I just love love I like love seeing people thrive in like healthy relationships mm -hmm. um I just lost my train of thought what you love you love <laughs> no there's don't change people people oh, yeah. oh no like so um what I was gonna say is you know it's always a choice right like mm -hmm. every morning you wake up and you have to choose to love that person and you have to choose to grow and mm -hmm. you know change on your own it's not like a change like change who you are but there's going to be certain things that you have to work on mm -hmm. you know to complement each other um but yeah but i i want to touch on toxic relationships a little bit more because <laughs> there's just how how do you do you have any friends that are in toxic relationships mm -hmm. how do you handle um you know how you give advice or how you deal with them it's tough because you don't want to overstep mm -hmm. when you give advice. And it's, t I mean, Jess and I have like a very personal story when it comes to this because she saw sort of our relationship just crumble. And she was one of the only people that I was ever truly honest with about the issues that we were having and that I was starting to have doubts. And I didn't feel as if he was being a fair partner to me and I was questioning whether or not I actually wanted to marry this person and one day Jess and I were we used to just like walk around the city when we worked together and aimlessly talk mm -hmm. and <laughs> have therapy sessions with one another <laughs> yeah, but she said to me she was so hesitant to even bring this up mm -hmm. and it took her like a few minutes and like tries to get it out that's what you think it took me like a week I'm yeah. it in my head. <laughs> okay well that's this is my experience yeah. um but i was like but what is it and she was like have you and she's like i don't want to say this because i don't want to put something in your head that's not there and i don't want to affect how you feel for him and god forbid this is not happening but have you ever considered that he might be cheating on you Mm -hmm. And I think that was really scary for her as my friend to say that because you don't know how I would receive it. Yeah. Um, luckily for her, I was receptive. And I was right. like, I haven't thought of that. You also don't want to plant the seed of paranoia if right. it's untrue. Yeah. Right. Know? I mean, granted, you were hit the nail on the head. but Yeah, she was very careful in the way that she approached it. And Good. she had a ton of information and was sort of collecting some thoughts. And, you know, she was like a little behind the scenes detective with it. That's but a good friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're a good very friend. good friend. Mm -hmm. But she, she was afraid to approach me about it because she was like, again, God forbid if I'm wrong, mm -hmm. I don't want to affect your relationship in any type of negative way. You 
guys are obviously struggling already. Um, but I think it's t- it's difficult to approach friends about situations because I think, at least from my experience, anytime I've given advice about their relationship, it's never received well. Yeah. It's almost like they have to figure it out for themselves. Yeah. And people don't feel comfortable talking about being in a toxic relationship. They mm-hmm. don't like admitting that their partner could be unfair to them or, mm-hmm. you know, their significant other is treating them poorly. It's like there it feels embarrassing sure. well, and it's difficult to yeah. have like real conversations about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, and it's interesting because I think that you you said like you were receptive to it, but like and you mentioned that, you know, you opened up and like we became close, but like at the same time I think that something's important, like something that's important when you have a friend that's going through something is like sometimes they just want to talk and don't want advice like they Mm -hmm. just want to be heard and like Mm -hmm. as a friend you need to kind of know like okay like does this person want to hear me lecture them on why they shouldn't be doing these things or do they want me to just smile and like nod and be like man that sucks and so like I think like also knowing what your friend needs from you which is like not always easy but just like trying to understand like do you want my even asking like do you want my opinion or you just really want like to talk Mm -hmm. right I think it's hard if you've never been in a toxic relationship to also understand why people do the things they do when they're in one. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I have friends, like friend groups where there's, you know, people inside them that are in toxic relationships and the other people that are in that friend group are never, have never been in one. And so they are like, well, why, like, we keep telling them the same thing. I'm like, listen, like, you can go blue in the face telling them, like, what to do or advice but they're not going to listen until Mm. you know until they choose this right like and it's hard I think my biggest thing with toxic relationships with people is there's always a point if they stay with them long enough that like they stop telling you all the bad things Mm. just because they want to protect them in what they do and so these they're living with all this negative energy because they don't have anyone to talk to about it because they're just protecting them at that point. The, this person that doesn't deserve to be protected, they they live with all of that, like, just hurt and anger, and it just makes everything 20 times worse. Mm-hmm. And it makes it harder to leave. Um, yeah. I hate... I'm, like... I've, like, lost friends over toxic, like, relationships, mm-hmm. like, really good friends. Um, well, I've, it's... like, lost myself in toxic mm-hmm. relationships, so I just, like, am so sad anytime, like, anyone is in it or like seeing them through it mm-hmm. you know <sighs> all right toxic relationship <laughs> <laughs> i could talk about it, it was, for hours I know. it's just it's like and i don't want to like i'm trying to tiptoe around like me bashing anyone in my past <laughs> of like but i don't even know how to explain it's, it's Becky's been, operating with a lot of restraint right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, like I don't think any of my exes would want to listen to me like talk. But, just don't name them. But like I feel like someone that would listen would just like send it to them, and I'm not trying to like yeah. stir up dirty laundry. Um, but like I've personally like been in relationships where I've lost like my best friends because of my relationship, and totally my fault. Mm-hmm. Like completely cutting them out because the person that I was with didn't want them in my life anymore and like I'm a I'm a pretty I'm a pretty confident person um you know I've never really like struggled with in that aspect um and I've dated someone where I've never been so like unconfident in my like entire life mm-hmm. like I was insecure like 
so insecure that I didn't even know it was possible for me to be that insecure. Mm -hmm. And, like, when these things happen to people, like, these aren't, like, good things. Mm -mm. And people don't realize... You'll, like, notice it two weeks, three weeks into meeting someone. Like, all these, like, red flags will, like, keep, like, coming up and popping up and... I don't know. Are there any... um, Are there any, like, flags that you can think of that, like, people, like, signs to, like, stay away from people (laughs) that you can think of? I mean, there can be a million different red flags to stay away from. I think some of the biggest ones for me are things that I overlooked in the beginning of the relationship was just the fighting and we couldn't communicate with each other at all. Mm -hmm. Like, he was constantly gaslighting me. Um, I was always feeling misunderstood or that my feelings were unreasonable and there was he was never willing to meet me halfway Mm -hmm. and it was about the dumbest things too like things that didn't matter and I didn't at the time realize how that would carry over into more serious issues but it's like how can you marry someone that can't even agree on like who takes out the trash and it ends up like you're at each other's throat over it Mm -hmm. and i I don't know what, why I thought we would be able to, like, buy a house or have a family or, like, be able to have, like, joint finances and stuff and be able to make these adult decisions if we couldn't agree on anything. And just the he had a lot of control over me and was constantly bringing out my flaws and throwing things in my face and making me feel like I had all these things that were wrong with me that, like, I need to fix. But it was mm-hmm. mostly, like, a projection of him and how he feels about himself. But those were things that were all there from the beginning mm-hmm. i feel like okay like the the list that you just rattled off like those are very good examples of toxicity that people tend to overlook mm-hmm. because i think that the maybe maybe we overuse the word toxic i mean it could be you know but not we in this yeah you know, in this right. room i just meant like in general because i think that people think that you have to be getting abused mm-hmm. in some way or there's infidelity, like, there are, like, more serious hallmarks of a toxic relationship that people Mm -hmm. immediately think of, and they cross them off their list. Mm -hmm. If they don't exist, then I'm, I can't be in a toxic relationship, Mm -hmm. but everything you just said, I mean, I know that he did cheat on you, but Mm -hmm. the, the laundry list you just rattled off, those are are issues that are so much more common, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. The prevalence Mm -hmm. is, is, I, I mean, I think it's so much greater and people don't put any stock in them and they don't realize that that like not agreeing on chores or not feeling like you're understood mm-hmm. that's going to snowball into divorce like there's there's mm-hmm. no way, way around that yeah mm-hmm. and it all stems from just you know a lack of communication yeah mm-hmm. or a lack of desire to communicate which mm-hmm. might be worse yeah like i think fighting is normal to mm-hmm. like everyone mm-hmm. fights but like what comes from them like are you continuing to have the same arguments yeah. over and over right. or are you able to sit down and be like hey like this is how i'm feeling significant other great this is how i'm feeling and then you move on and like maybe now you fight about something different but like mm-hmm. constantly the same thing over and over it's like someone's gonna lose their mind yeah. you never it, feel hurt yeah. and it's, it's and it's also learning learning how to fight mm-hmm. because like some people fight to hurt mm-hmm. and like there's a difference between fighting to hurt someone than there is fighting because like you're upset about something yeah. sure and like and i think that that's another line that people don't and it takes a lot of work to understand that and Mm -hmm. I know I know like in my personal relationship now um like I need to be handled a certain way when I'm upset and like that's you know if I'm angry 
or like there's certain ways that calm me down and there's certain things that will just like trigger me into like a spiral Mm -hmm. of like upset I'm an emotional person so um and like thank god like Leah has take taken the time to like learn those things Mm -hmm. you know when we first got together it wasn't like that like the way that she would respond would just trigger me into other like automatic like downfalls but you know over the past four we've been together for almost four years four years we've been together it's been like an obvious change of you know both parts Mm -hmm, working mm -hmm. together and I'm sure that you know being with someone you said 10 years right I lost count I think it's like (laughs) 10-ish I think I'm rounding down actually but yeah about that um what are some of the biggest lessons that you've taken from your relationship of 10 years what are the best like things that you've learned that like are important to like the longevity and and the happiness of you both yeah I feel like a grandma and like I don't have children (laughs) or grandchildren but like I think that one of the most important things is communication and just feeling like you're able to communicate how you're feeling without you know putting too much not emotion behind it but like if you have something to say you should be able to say it and Mm -hmm. like without the other person just constantly being on the defense so like you know figuring out how to effectively have those type of of conversations is so helpful because so much can be lost in like a miscommunication and then Mm -hmm. it just is like well why didn't why'd you say this if you meant that and like I remember when my husband and I first started dating I would be like it's cold out or something and he'd be like well do you want me to get a jacket I'm like no I'm just saying that it's cold out and be like do you want me to do and like there was just so much miscommunication and eventually I was like listen Joe like if I'm saying like this it's because I mean this I'm not asking for like you to do these other things like this is what it is and he's like oh okay so like you know but like it took that conversation for us to understand like Mm -hmm. when I say it's cold out I'm just simply saying it's cold out and like I don't want his jacket or whatever it is and like that's a silly like silly example of it but like to kind of sum it up communication and just like know how to effectively communicate with each other yeah yeah Uh, Jess should have been a therapist in her past life honestly or she was or she should be yeah I was yeah I said that wrong you were maybe and you could be a therapist now, but I would go to her about all the communication issues that my ex and I were having because we just could not see eye to eye on mm-hmm. anything. And it was getting really bad. And one of the things she brought up is like, well, when you do go to him and like you are upset, like, how are you telling him? And I made it more about like how I was feeling, not so much about like his actions or not making it seem like, well, you did this, which m- your intent was to make me feel this way it was just like no when you did this like I felt really sad inside Mm -hmm. or and just being able to explain myself in a different way and she was like see how he reacts to it like if he's receptive like that's a good sign and he wasn't Mm -hmm. um but I always thought that was like really good advice and it's like she brought it back to just like how do we speak to each other how do we fight with each other but we were when we got into arguments, he would name call him. Like, once you rip that Band-Aid off and he's just saying stuff to make me feel like shit, it's mm-hmm. like, how can you ever have a productive conversation mm-hmm. or a relationship? Right. And that's to Becky's point earlier that people throw daggers with their words just mm-hmm. to hurt. Yeah. You know, just yeah. To, you know, that's not an effective strategy. I feel like there there are people who hurt each other with the intention of progressing. I think sometimes when you name call or you sort of degrade a person... It's probably not the best thing in the world, mm-hmm. the best strategy, but I think it's in an effort to get them to open their eyes to what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But if it's or just... Or to feel the pain that they're feeling. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sure. I mean, maybe it's both. Maybe yeah. it's a little bit of both. And and that, I don't think, is is the worst thing in the world, but when you're doing it just to offend a person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> where do you, where are you, you know, what's your game plan there? 
was that a question to me? Or just no, it's rhetorical. Yeah, sucky. What is your gameplay? How long have you and your ex been broken up? Almost two years now. Okay. So <clears throat> I'm interested in knowing, have you dated since? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm interested in knowing the difficulties that you had in your next relationship after him with the f- not bringing what he treated you like into and blaming the next person for it. Because I, I, mm-hmm. I know that's like a huge issue and I'm, I did that a thousand percent. Um, I try to be really self-aware and mm-hmm. it's something that I've had to spend a lot of time like constantly thinking about so I've been dating the same person for the past six months now Mm -hmm. and he is just so different than anyone I've ever dated he's just like so kind so nice so patient understanding we don't argue we talk to each other when either one of us is frustrated I'm not used to it at all and I started having a lot of anxiety about the relationship probably three months in because things were so calm and I was yeah. waiting for something to go wrong. And mm-hmm. I, I noticed myself kind of poking at him a little bit yeah. or not doing anything like disrespectful or that he would ever like break up with me for. Mm-hmm. But I was like pushing buttons a little bit and boundaries and seeing what would happen. And I've caught myself doing that. And I was like, you need to reel back in because if you push him away, you'll completely regret it. But I have to. I have to like just take things really slowly and I can't get into my own head and I can't be upset with him for things that my ex did to me. So like I can't, I have to trust him. Like I really have to trust him and that's been the biggest thing. And you know, he hasn't proved me wrong yet. So I just have to, you know, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I always tell tell my friends that like, and I don't always follow what I tell people, but I'm yeah. like, I can give advice I'm the to same me. way. <laughs> but I always tell my friends, you know, when they're worried about something happening or, or getting into a new relationship when they're really happy and they're, like, hesitant because of what could happen, I always say, like, you know, what is the worst that could happen, right? Like, mm-hmm. you get hurt. Like, mm-hmm. you've been through it before. You're going to be fine. Um, like, you have to be happy in the moment and like fully believe that everything's going to be okay because regardless of what happens, you're going to deal with it. Right. Mm-hmm. Even well, whether it's good or bad, you're going to be able to get through it and handle it. But you thinking negatively about anything just affects that like moment and that time and that, you know, that process of this good time that should be mm-hmm. with all the negativity. And that took me a lot too to, to stop thinking like, Oh, well, is she going to leave me or is she going to do this? Is she going to do that? And just like enjoying more now mm-hmm. than, than ever and anything. It's a level of vulnerability though. That's like, it's, mm-hmm. I'm sure it's easier said than done. It is. Yeah. It takes it work. Is. Everything's ta- more ta- worthwhile. It than takes, not, but know? I mean, it's not just relationships. That's life too. Is sure. is changing just your, that negative thought to kind of like a positive thought, mm-hmm. like make it a different way. Um, another, mm-hmm. another thing is, you know, to, piggyback off of that is you know when you stay in a relationship that is toxic and the longer you stay in it is the harder it's going to be to you know remove those you know tendencies and things that you're doing in for the next person Mm -hmm. right so like I wasn't in a toxic relationship for that long thank goodness I could not imagine like I know people that are like years and years and years and I'm just like like the person that you've like you're you've like lost this whole chance of who you were in those Mm -hmm. years right Mm -hmm. like do you think like do you ever like 
I guess it's there's nothing productive coming from like thinking about like yeah. how to get the th- like I past mean, things. I did have a lot of guilt when we broke up because mm-hmm. it was like how could I let myself get this far with this person and when I look at myself I would think that I'm a strong person and I would never let someone do this to me or take advantage of me or my feelings and that's exactly what I did so I had a lot of guilt of missing out on so much of my like early 20s because we broke up when I was 29 and I really felt like I was never going to get that time back but then at the same time like I've learned so many valuable lessons Mm -hmm. and so many amazing opportunities and things have come out of us breaking up that I'm almost grateful for this happening to me because it's completely changed me as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's tough. And I know people can be super hard on themselves. And, you know, just after Jess and I started DIY, like one of the main things that people will say to us as to why they don't end a relationship is because of wasted time. Mm-hmm. They feel like, well, what was it for? Yeah. You know, what was the point? Like I invested it's, so much in this. It's never too late to start over. It's no. not. It really yeah. isn't. And I feel like my life has just enhanced so much and I'm just in such a better place and I would have never been here if it wasn't for this experience with him. Yeah. I think it's also okay to view the the six years that you spent with him as not a waste of time either Mm -hmm. because, and and you can, maybe it's a question instead of a statement. Do you feel like the time you spent with him stifled your growth or do you feel like you grew in a different way having been in a toxic relationship? I think I grew in a different way. Um, I think because I was in a relationship, I was able to focus on my career. And I think that aspect of my life advanced a little bit. I wasn't so worried about like finding a boyfriend and going on all these dates. And I was able to put like some type of productive energy into that. Um, He introduced me to a lot of great people that I'm still friends with and I keep in touch with and I'm so grateful for them. Um, Jess and I wouldn't have gotten this close. So that's also (laughs) another (laughs) blessing to come out of it. But yeah, it, I mean, yeah, I definitely like learned things and grew in a different way than if I had maybe been dating someone else or had been on my own. Yeah, and I feel like it also, like, at least for me and my experience prior to meeting my husband or starting dating him, we met in eighth grade, but that's another story. <laughs> um, like, it gave me an expectation of how I never wanted to be treated again. So it was like, okay, I was dating this guy. He was great for some reasons. He was terrible for other ones. And, like, these are the things that I'm not going to have happen to me in the future. And so, like, you kind of, like, check them off your list. And you're like, oh, like, you have this quality. Bye. Like, I'll find someone who doesn't. So Mm -hmm. it gives you, like, an expectation of how you want to be treated. And, like, well, this is what I don't want. So then clearly I'm moving closer towards what I do want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Giving a better understanding. That's very true. Um, I don't know if this is a personal question. Do do either of you, do you guys go to therapy at all? Mm-hmm. No, you don't. I just talk to myself. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 Probably should. Um, no, I, I kind of like that one does, one doesn't. I think that's interesting. Yeah. Did um, do you actively go to therapy now? Mm-hmm. I do. Do you think that um, that going to therapy has helped through the process? One thousand percent. I feel like that's a silly question. Like, but yeah, I just want to know your personal experience with I it. I mean, some people have good experiences going to therapy. Some people don't. I think you have to find someone that you're able to open up with. And I've been to a therapist before where we had very surface level conversations, mm-hmm. and it wasn't helpful at all. So you have to find someone who's truly able to help you when you feel comfortable opening up to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was nice for me because. I had so many emotions that I was processing and I didn't know where to start. Mm -hmm. And 
it was nice to like I was so used to being in this relationship where all of my emotions I suppressed a lot because if I voiced them I would feel crazy and like he would make me feel crazy so now I'm like flooded with emotions and it's you feel crazy (laughs) it's like should I be feeling this way like I was never someone who like struggled with anxiety and now I was finding myself being anxious and I was like googling like what does anxiety feel like (laughs) (laughs) it was nice to like go to someone and they're like no this is completely normal to you know be worried about the future because your life just did a 180 so Mm -hmm. you weren't predicting that so now you're gonna worry about things that might happen to you in the future and just sorting those things out and making sense of everything that happened was helpful and I don't know if I would have been able to like move on in such a healthy way and so quickly if I hadn't have had that yeah we're huge advocates of therapy for like a million reasons um but I I always find I mean I I don't know if this is too personal, but so me, me and Leah broke up um, for like a month or two in between, mm-hmm. uh, like when, I don't know, last year, two years ago. I don't know when it was. Irrelevant. We don't like really talk about that that time period of our mm-hmm. life. But <laughs> I that's when I like started going to therapy. Like right when it happened, I found a therapist because I needed someone mm-hmm. to be able to process it. Um, and it was probably it probably like saved my life. It was the best decision that. I ever made because you know it's hard talking to friends about such personal things Mm -hmm. um without them giving advice in a non-productive way Mm -hmm. right so I found that therapists give you like tasks to work on and Mm -hmm. and ways to cope with what you're going through rather than just trying to make you feel better for like Mm -hmm. for what it is that you're what it is you're going through i'm not laughing at you but i gave Devin a task (laughs) (laughs) what remember when we wrote down all the things that you liked and what you didn't like yeah that was before we broke up (laughs) oh i was laughing you should be a therapist no No, she really should But I was just laughing because you're like, therapists give you tasks. And I'm like, wait a second. She really did. I came into work and I don't even remember what set me off. But we had gotten to an argument and I came in and I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, I feel like I've tried everything. Like, I've tried, like, planning, like, nice things for us to do just to reconnect. I've, you know, tried talking to him. No matter what I did, it just always backfired in the worst way. Mm -hmm. And so I was really, I felt, like, stuck. I didn't know what my next move was. And Jess was like, I need you to go home. And I need you to write down on a list all of the things that you don't like around the relationship. Like, what are all the negative things? (laughs) And look at that list. And, like, out of the things you wrote down, like, what do you think has the ability to change? And then on the right side, put down all the things that you love about the relationship and all the things that you're happy with, and then you need to compare the two. And basically, there was just a whole lot of cons. (laughs) None of those things were ever changing. And then the things that were on the pro side or the things that I loved were things more about me and had nothing to do with him so it was like this is not working and then i remember (laughs) i burned the paper i was like you can never find this (laughs) i was so nervous (laughs) it was a bad list (laughs) that's funny that's a good i mean it's a good exercise it was really eye-opening it didn't i mean in the moment it didn't get me i didn't break up with him it wasn't like he didn't walk through the door and i was like i made this list and we're done but it was part of the process of me getting to the point where okay like my eyes are open now you know mm-hmm. this i like is that i might good. use that with you some of my friends lists are great yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. um one piece of advice that my therapist gave me at the time that i've i've used now which i think is super important for people to know getting into relationships um 
is you know in toxic relationships the one thing that we lose is ourselves we become like this one person that mm-hmm. or like one relationship um and she explained to me how it's and it makes sense but um you know it's so important to be individuals right like mm-hmm. complete individuals in your own lives like you know, being able to go out and do what you want to do by yourself, not as a couple, um, and keeping a wall, like a barrier between the two of you. And that's what makes things successful because you're growing individually, but like comp- coming together to support in mm-hmm. what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and in toxic relationships, that barrier is completely broken down. Like there's no sense of individuality. There's no sense of like, self-appreciation or like mm-hmm. self-love because all your worth is coming from one person mm-hmm. and most of the time that person is terrible at giving yeah well, <laughs> at giving it i have like a very personal connection to like you saying that so when i didn't have like any of my own hobbies like his friends started to become my friends like my whole world just revolved around like him and his needs and i started to feel that I needed to have my own thing because I completely lost that. And so Jess had done a yoga teacher training and I recently had gotten into yoga and one of the studio managers had like offered to sign up for the yoga teacher training, like me and one of my friends. And we're like, why not? We have nothing to lose. Like, let's just do it this summer. And Jess had had such a great experience doing it that she was really an advocate of like me signing Mm -hmm. up for it. Um, And when I did that, he was so pissed. And it's like most people would be so supportive and encouraging. And it was like, it's taking away from you being home. And I'm like, but you're not here. So why do you need me at home? And he really just hated it and had only negative things to say about it. But then also that's when he proposed to me because it was almost like he felt like he was losing me because I was finding this new group of friends that I was spending all this time with. I was constantly doing yoga. I was being more in touch with just like myself. And I had my own passion that I was really excited about and he hated that and I think his way of trapping me and kind of getting me back in Mm -hmm. was oh I'll propose to her do you think like is there any part of you that that wonders whether or not his identity was also codependent on on you yeah probably and it's weird we kind of talked about that after we had broken up Um, we had a conversation of you know why he sort of did what he did and something that he did share with me is he knew that he needed me to make him look like a better person and having me kind of gave him this life that he knew he should have but he just couldn't pretend anymore and I think he has his own issues and things that he needs to work out with but definitely he sort of needed me to like put on this facade that he was appearance driven not so much like an emotional reliance yeah wow yeah okay I can understand that yeah that's crazy sure but that's That's a long time to be able to hold out on an appearance driven thing I know that's wild that's crazy Yeah, it was. I think that was, like, a lot of people have asked me, like, do you have closure from the situation? Because obviously it's, like, why even propose in the first place if you are unfaithful all the time and if you're with this person, this other person for such a long time, like, Mm -hmm. having an affair with. um, Sorry, I just lost my train of thought. (laughs) So bad. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I knew exactly what I was going to know. And someone, people have asked me if I've had closure on this situation. (laughs) And that's, like, the closest 
I think I'll ever right. get. Like, I will never understand why he's done so many things that he yeah. has done or why he made certain choices. But I think him sharing with that was, like, the closest I'll get to ever having any type of closure from a relationship. It might have yeah. been the most genuine thing he's probably yeah, given you. Yeah, honestly, too. probably. <laughs> it was strange. That's just interesting because I feel like so many people, like, especially with social media, like, that the appearance of what's happening is, like, so important. And then, like, it's, like, those families that send out, like, holiday cards and, like, they're happy with, like, their puppy and, like, they're, you know, after the camera goes away, they're, like, screaming and fighting and, like, you know, miserable. But, like, Mm -hmm. the appearance of them to everyone else is, like, well, look how happy they are. And I think that, like, it's really interesting that you say that because we're so focused on appearance like now with like social media and like all these other things we only show like what we want people to see that like yeah. when it's something different it's like oh don't talk about that or don't yeah. show that yeah. so it's interesting you're good that was a great segue because we want to talk about that at some point so. yeah. <laughs> i'm a therapist and i'm psychic and uh, I, th- I think that sh- the, the idea of this structured timeline put a hindrance on a lot of people in general mm-hmm. um i have a question for you but i wanted to make a point in like when I removed the timeline of needing to get married and starting a family, when I removed that thought from my life, my life changed like tenfold. Like mm-hmm. I did a complete 180. Like after that stress of trying to figure out when that next step was and started enjoying now, mm-hmm. um, my life completely changed. But um, do you have like a different outlook now on like marriage and engagement? Like, does it hinder the way that you feel about it? Um, no, I st- definitely still want to get married. I think the next time around it will just be so different. Um, I think it's really special when you can share an engagement or, mm-hmm. you know, a wedding day with someone. Um, and I think it's really important, especially if you're committed to viewing someone long term. I definitely think there are a lot of aspects that I will not involve myself <laughs> in when it comes to, you know, engagements and planning a wedding. And I I think the next time around, it's just, like, something that I want to keep more private and special between, like, me and whoever I decide to make that promise to to spend the rest of my life with. Um, And it won't be about, like, the engagement pictures or, you know, the Instagram we're posting and things like that. It's just... I think it's changed it in, like, a positive way for me. It's more about, like, me and the person I'm with and less about everybody else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, social media... Social media is crazy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Love it and hate it. There's so many, you know, there's so many negative aspects and there's so many positive aspects Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. And it's so unfortunate because if we just learned how to use it, um, it could be so good. Like, we've had people that, like, say social media, like, saved their life, right? right? Mm -hmm. Like, finding people that they could look up to and finding people Mm -hmm. they could, you know, follow that inspired them, like, has Mm -hmm. saved their life. But then on the other hand, you have such a like a vulnerable side of people that you know mm-hmm. see these things and just want what they see mm-hmm. you know want this relationship want these cars or house right. or life or well, that's why you have to be careful how you influence mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. like if you're going to add your voice to the swell of social media it has to be to send a good message and that's i mean obviously that's what becky yeah. and i are, are mm-hmm. trying to do and that's what i i believe you two are trying to do mm-hmm. but um becky and i actually we gave a talk at a at a college a couple of months ago and so we did a bunch of research on social media and a very basic fact is that of the seven point whatever billion people in the world 3.4 so half use social media mm-hmm. and and that's only growing because as the elder generation who don't use it continue to, to 
to pass on, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we become, we saturate that number. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think that we have to be very careful with what we're doing on it. And if we're making people feel like they have to be in a relationship to post a matching onesie, <laughs> y- you know, on Christmas morning, yeah. like, that's that's a scary fucking world yeah. that we're living in and contributing to. Yeah, Jess and I literally just had a conversation about this on the way over, and I was saying how... Like, recently I had posted two pictures on Instagram, and one was how we wrote an article for a big media company, which was a huge deal for us, and we were so excited. And then one was, like, the first picture that I posted on my Instagram of me and my boyfriend, and guess which one got more likes. Right. And it's kind of like you're reinforced for that stuff. It's like, no, I wrote this article that I was so proud Mm -hmm. of and so excited to share with everyone, and it was such a huge thing for Mm -hmm. Jess and I to be a part of, but people were more excited that I finally have a boyfriend. It's like this poor unengaged girl has a boyfriend now, and that's what I'm, like, getting positive reinforcement for, so... It's, it's unfortunate. It's, it is. Yeah. Because it's, like, less about you as a person and more about you as a couple. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, I, I I don't think this is inarguable. Like, any time somebody gets engaged or married or has a baby, those are the most likely. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Without question. Definitely. Without without question. Mm-hmm. And what is that saying that we're, like, what message are we sending by liking that and commenting on that i mean of course we're happy for the person for Mm -hmm. finding their happiness but is it their happiness it's just like reinforcing like societal norms and like what's expected like you get married and then you have a kid and Mm -hmm. then like whatever else you do doesn't really matter because you've like succeeded because you've done these things Mm -hmm. but like that's not what makes everyone happy right it it was funny because i was talking to sarah the other day Mm -hmm. and um for everyone listening kate and sarah were on on the first season that's listen. how we got connected with with you guys but um i was talking to sarah the other day and she had said something to me about like oh like so when are you getting married and like before i could finish my like response she was like that was such a dick thing to say <laughs> like she's like i shouldn't assume if you want to get married like and, and it's funny because like we're just that's just our natural reaction yeah. of like oh well, you know when are you having kids yeah. when are you getting married and it, it's been so, like a hard process of changing mm-hmm. you know that thought and i like to ask people like what they're happy about now like or like That's what their passions yeah. are you know what you know what made you happy today or what makes you happy in life even mm-hmm. even them rather asking about their jobs because like it's so mundane like asking yeah. about job you know it's work for yeah. most people mm-hmm. hopefully not, yeah. <laughs> not like, forever <laughs> even when you're going through something like you don't know if someone who's just got engaged maybe they like they can't afford to have a wedding right now or like maybe sure. there's a personal thing or maybe mm-hmm. you know you ask them if they're having kids and they're struggling with that like you never yeah. know what someone is going through but like we're so just like ingrained to be like oh like this is like even when joe and i got engaged i think we had like a two-year engagement i'm obviously terrible with dates and times <laughs> but we were engaged for a long time and every time i felt like i'd see someone they'd be like oh what When's the wedding? Yeah. And I'm right. like, I don't know. Like, yeah. we didn't plan it yet. We're right. in no rush. So it's like, like, what's next? What's next? Right. What's next? It's, like, enjoy like, the now. Yeah. 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 Yoga teacher training taught us that, right? Like, enjoy the present. <laughs> we, yeah, I'm still we, working on it. Yeah. <laughs> we talked about this in the first season. Um, it's just like a... We, we always talk about how important it is for us to, as humans, to speak more in depth about what we're going through and our feelings opposed to what people see on the surface. Um, and we use the analogy of, you know, imagine taking a bus, the same bus to work every single day mm-hmm. and you sit next to a person on the bus the same day and you guys have the same banter like, oh, how's the family? How's the kids? Blah, blah, blah. Like the same mundane conversation. And like 
and the two of you could be struggling with the same exact thing if you just had opened up a little bit more for mm. each other. Mm. And that's, you know, that's what we're trying to do. And that's what you guys are trying to do, too, is, you know, start this conversation. You know, when you're out meeting someone at the bar, like meeting a new person, like ask a different question than those you know ask them what they like to do for fun like that's Mm. a simple thing to ask and it could turn into you know a conversation that goes way beyond or some type of connection that goes way beyond you you know even what you could imagine i mean Uh, what's the most common exchange right how are you good how are you Mm. and fine what's now (laughs) what i noticed are you really okay (laughs) no like i just had an epiphany but like all of those questions that we're trained to ask just like close like if you have a job where like you're responsible for like client relations or like having conversations with people like your you know therapy probably asks open-ended questions but like as people it's like how are you good how are you great it's not like you mentioned you know what did you do that was fun last weekend like open-ended it's just like a closed dialogue it's like you could be walking you know in the office and someone asked how you are and before you could even respond they're like in the bathroom you know what I mean (laughs) like yeah yeah just taking a little bit more time and a little more patience I don't even respond like like somebody will be like how are you and instead of saying good or great or fine I'm just like how are you yeah (laughs) and they don't respond either (laughs) and that was our entire change yeah Yeah. and that's it I love that's like my favorite I love asking like people I just meet like those types of questions because it's always just like huh Hmm. huh no Mm -hmm. one ever asked that like and then it always ends up being like I always find, like, the craziest people and have, like, the most amazing conversations with strangers. Yeah. I've been lucky that people feel, like, comfortable opening up to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a different life that I've tried to to steer towards than <laughs> the, the regular day. I go out and I meet people all the time. Um, um, but I was going to ask to get back a little bit on track. Okay. Um, I kind of want to, I want you to talk a little bit more about your experience with, um, with canceling, you know, the big venue Mm -hmm. and the pressure that you felt, you know, having this big wedding and, and everything that comes along with it and then deciding to change. Yeah. So it's interesting because like looking back, I was actually just talking about it recently with my husband and I was like, did we ever really decide that we wanted to have like a wedding at a venue or did we just kind of like start hearing from people like, oh, when's the wedding? Where are you having it? What venues have you looked at? And like kind of like fell into it. And like we both agreed that it's just something that people ask these questions and like you start thinking that this is what you're expected to do and you kind of just like start going through the motion so we were probably engaged for like like I said timeline whatever we were engaged <laughs> for a, a while and people were like oh when's the wedding we're like oh we don't know like whatever we're in no rush and so eventually we're like well we should probably book like we should probably start like doing these things towards a wedding and so I started looking at different wedding venues online, like The Knot and, like, all of those places and, like, mm. ballrooms and just, like, going to these different venues. Like, we went to a wedding expo. Like, no offense if you're into them, but, like, it was just a lot of... I didn't think those existed. Oh, it exists, yeah. Exist. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why are we... We were really hungover, too. But I was like, why are we here? You know what I mean? So we went and, like, got some ideas and eventually um, decided to book a venue that um, we thought was fine. Like, I wanted to order my wedding dress online which I did do because I didn't want to go to like this place and like try it on and have people look at me and be like oh my god I love it or I hate it like whatever so I found a venue that I felt like matched our personalities which was a little bit more laid back and less traditional and ballroom e. um and then we booked it because we brought Joe's parents and they were like I love it we're like great <laughs> so do we 
which we thought we did at the time because we were thinking like, oh, this is what you do. You book a venue. Mm-hmm. And then we had all of our family come for a food tasting and the food was so bad. It was just like not at all what we were expecting. And Joe and I, what we did talk about wasn't ever the venues. Like when we talked about our wedding, it was like, we're going to have all of our friends and family there. There's going to be awesome dancing and music and food and fun. And like, those are the things that were important to us. So like, as soon as we had the food tasting, we kind of just looked at each other and we're like, we have to cancel this venue. Like not immediately, but we left and we were like, Hey, bye. Thanks guys. And I was like, we're not, we're not having our wedding here. He's like, I know that hot dog was terrible or whatever, you know? So we decided to cancel our venue and obviously had deposits paid. And, um, I don't think we had our saves the date sent out yet. I think we had the save the date sent out, but we didn't have the, um, location. Yeah. So like we still were stuck to this like timeline. Mm-hmm. So I remember talking to some of my family, like specifically my mom and going through like right before we canceled, I'm like, I don't want to have a wedding at this place. Like, I feel like I'm just doing it because it's what everyone else wants. And like, I don't want to do it. And my mom's like, so don't do it. And I'm like, it's not that easy mom. And then I was like, actually, maybe it is, you know what I mean? So after conversations around that, we decided to cancel it and we planned a backyard wedding at my parents' house. And it was like more of like a, I don't know what clan bake sounds like weird. Like we weren't (laughs) like, you know, whatever but it was like <laughs> really late yeah we had a clam bake um but we had like a big tent and there was music and like we had a very untraditional ceremony but these are all things that like towards the end of us planning a wedding we were able to realize is what we wanted like we didn't have a priest or a rabbi marry us because neither of us are like religious people mm-hmm. And so it was just like all of these things that were expected of us, we were kind of falling into the trap of doing because that's what you do when you get engaged, you then plan a wedding. Mm -hmm. And so we, we, it was hard, but like eventually realized it wasn't what we wanted and changed it. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that because like, I feel like if it's more of a norm to like be able to choose, then people will feel less pressure. Yeah. You know, because like, I feel like I would like a, I don't, I'm like very, um, jaded for wedding like i know so many people getting divorced right now that it's just like well that's the thing like we weren't having a wedding because and i'm not saying that the people that got divorced had a wedding to just like have a wedding but like we didn't like we were excited about the wedding because again we really like our friends family and like good food but like we were more excited to spend forever together like that wasn't the end of it you know what i mean so we were like cool whatever like this one day is going to be a Mm -hmm. lot of fun but like there's going to be so many other really exciting things after that so Mm -hmm. I feel like for us, the wedding was, like, not as, I don't want to say important, because, like, we had a great time, but, like, that's what it was, a good time. Right. I think a wedding, like, the amount of energy, time, money, effort that you're putting into your wedding day can detract from your marriage. Yeah. That's, you know. You had said when when we started the conversation, though, that, like, you weren't raised to really daydream or think of your wedding. Is that what you said? Oh, no. Well, yes, I probably said that. But like what I meant is like, I'm very weird. And like, I personally, like my mom wasn't like, are you thinking about your wedding? Cut it out. You know, like, no, no nonsense. Like, it was funny. because Like, I was like, no, like, I was actually with my mom and my sister the other day. And like, we're, I love them both. But we're very different. And yeah. like, I'm just like, very like, she said, it's like, I'm more like my dad, but like very logical and just like, you know, not very like outwardly emotional. And I'm just kind of like go with the flow type people mm-hmm. person. And so like, I just like, when I think of a wedding, I just get like uncomfortable. Like, I don't want to <laughs> be standing in like front of a group of people being like, I love you so much because of this. Like, like, I don't, 
I want to just keep that personal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't want to share it with other right. people. So I wasn't told not to do it. It wasn't, like, frowned upon. <laughs> like, if I wanted to have a princess wedding with, like, all of those things, like, it would have been encouraged. Right. But, like, it just was not me. Yeah. Yeah. I think that becomes more special, though, because it seems like you did you did what everybody should be doing, mm-hmm. and that's making it about you and your love yeah. for your husband and less about not even just societal expectations, but I'm sure many of us do it to placate our parents, mm-hmm. you know, or, 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 you know, relatives or, or friends or cultures mm-hmm. or religions or, you know, whatever it might be. Like, that's, you know, it's, it's I don't know what good that's doing necessarily. Yeah. How long have you been married? Oh, God. Um, 2016, <laughs> someone do the math. Like four, four years-ish. Years. <laughs> almost four years. I have been married almost four years. <laughs> she says confidently. Do you feel, do you feel the pressure of, of kids yeah, I mean, like, I feel like people just, like, always will be like, oh, you're married? Like, even at the nail salon, they see my wedding ring. They're like, oh, baby? I'm like, no, no, no babies, yeah. you know? Like, How old are you, if you don't mind me asking? Um, 32. I'm like, <laughs> are you sure? I, I have, guys, I think, <laughs> like, what I've discovered today is, like, I don't understand math and numbers. Um, I am 32. But you're an excellent therapist. Thank you so much. <laughs> Everyone has their, their thing. Yeah. Um, 32. Yeah. Do your, do your parents give you... I find I get most pressure from my my parents. Yeah. Well, I feel like you can only ask someone something so many times and, like, expect, like, people will always be like, oh, are you having kids? I'm like, I don't know. I don't have any yet. Like, you know what I mean? So who knows what can happen 10 years from now. Kids is such a personal question, too, because, like, you know, Mm -hmm. some people can't have kids. Some people are trying to have kids. They've been trying to have kids, and they're just keeping it secret. And then, like, some people don't have really the straight like access to having kids and it's such like a I don't know yeah but people just feel very comfortable asking I'm like I don't know yeah I I, I just went through that with people feel very comfortable with asking personal questions in general Mm -hmm. I just thought of something what one time (laughs) this is even worse than asking someone if anyone's listening and this saves you from doing this just like don't do it so like this one time I was at work and I was wearing like this outfit that I felt really cute in. And this is even worse than asking if someone has kids. And someone called me over and I was like, yes. And they were like, I was like, oh, do I have something like on my butt? And like this person looked at me and she goes, are you pregnant? And I was like, Mm, no. And when I said no, she looked at my stomach and then she looked at me again (laughs) and said, are you sure? And I said, I witnessed this conversation. I said, I am sure, but if anything changes, I will name the child after you. Like, (laughs) yeah. So, like, it was bad. If you're going to ask, if you're going to not ask anything, don't ask if someone's pregnant unless they're like very clearly, clearly. Just don't ask. Just don't ask. Unless you're at their baby shower. Unless you're at their baby shower or like their birthing child. Like, don't ask. So, yeah. Once they announce it, then you can talk about it. I just recently sold those pants on Poshmark. (laughs) Yeah, she did. Uh, wait, do you want to hear? This is also off topic. Do you want to hear a funny story about Poshmark? Always. So one of my really good friends, I, she used, I don't use Poshmark, obviously. Well, not obviously. I don't use it. But one of my good friends uses it. I don't think you met her. Um, and so I guess when you return something, you have to send a picture of it, like, too big or whatever to justify why you're returning it or something like that. Well, she had ordered pants and they were too big so she took a picture and sent it 
And then later went back and looked at the email and realized her tits were out in the picture <laughs> that she sent. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, she oh. A, and she emailed them back and was like, <laughs> and was like uh, excuse me, but I think my breasts were exposed <laughs> in the picture I sent. Can you please keep that private? They were like, here's your refund in $20. <laughs> Thanks. Oh my God. That's amazing. So, I was like not expecting the story to yeah. go that way. <laughs> I think about it often, and I'm, like there's like a few pictures, and I don't know how she just sent them. Like her tits were just like out. Well, it's like if you ever do like a Skype interview and they joke around, and they're like, "I'm not wearing pants," but like yeah, maybe you're maybe actually not. not. No one would ever know. Yeah, um, but sure. but what what you were what you were saying before about like people being very comfortable with asking questions? Mm-hmm. It, it's crazy because like as a like. There's no rules, and we're not, like, taught about what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. And there's so many different types of people and situations that, like, it's conf- it's really confusing. And I, and I saw, um, you know, the, the paralyzed community is very close-knit to, like, my life. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I know a lot of people in it. And, you know, people always ask me, you know, well, does their bottom half function? And, like, a lot of the time... Like, that's not that appropriate of a question to ask someone. Like, are you going to ask someone if they can, like, regardless of what they do? But for me, it was like, well, like, I was basically, like, raised with people asking me how I have sex because I, like, date girls, Mm -hmm. right? Like, that's always the butt of everything. Well, like, what do you guys do? What? So for me, I don't think any questions are, like, off-boundary because that's how I've, like, lived Mm -hmm. my life. But it's the same thing now. I find myself questioning what's appropriate with, like, same-sex couples having kids and, like, mm-hmm. is it appropriate to ask them, mm-hmm. like, how, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, how it, how they had it, like, what process they went through. Mm-hmm. Do people get offended when you ask that? Because, like, I know people that get offended on both ends and it's the same thing with, like, kids in general. Like, you know, what what's the appropriate... There's, like, a weird, like... I've been just trying to teach myself and, like, talk to people that are, like, in this situation more. But Mm -hmm. it's also different for people. Like, I don't give a shit if someone asks me about my sex life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it also matters, like, what their intention is behind it. Correct, yeah. Or your relationship with the person. Yeah, because you just are, like, purely curious or, Mm -hmm. like, judgment. Like, if there's, like... I don't know if you're asking someone because you're curious and you think that maybe you're asking this couple in a same-sex relationship like how they had a kid because in the future, in the future you might yeah. be considering having a kid that's different than just being right. like hey how'd you have a kid like great have a nice day yeah. you know what I mean like if you're genuinely interested in like those questions you're asking I think like that's one yeah. thing but yeah because right. if they could like help you in some type yeah. of way and that's why you're going to them to ask yeah not because you're nosy right. yeah <sighs> all right um I don't know if there's any topics off the top of your head that you guys want to cover that we have not that's important to you um i mean we covered gold club so (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm pretty much done (laughs) um because if you if you don't um i I think it's okay if we wrap up but what we like to do is ask for like some final advice Mm. um so if you want to maybe like think about some final words um incorporate anything we didn't get to touch or whatever it may be who wants to go first? I can go first. Okay. <laughs> um, I guess. Know what I'm gonna say? What are you gonna say? How go am I supposed to know? <laughs> My psychic abilities aren't picking this up. <laughs> if I had to give any final advice, not stealing what Devin's gonna say, because I know I don't know. Um, <laughs> I would say that if you are in the process of planning an engagement, or you're going to be engaged, or whatever it may be, and you are looking at the wedding as kind of like the end 
point of it picture yourself waking up next to this person for the rest of your life because literally that's what marriage is about and like the wedding is like one small little blimp and so like if you're doing these things because you're excited to like not to say you shouldn't be excited but if you're doing them for the purpose of like you know planning a wedding and like posting them online and like doing all the things that are associated with it and not actually because you want to spend the rest of your life with this person then like maybe take a step back and really consider if that's the right choice for you and if it's not that's okay Regardless of what Very you've invested. Well it's not for the fanfare. Yeah. Very Do you? Well I would say that everyone should remember that they're just so much more than their relationship and they're so much more interesting than their relationship. Relationships are great and never want to deter you from being in a happy one. Um, but just don't let it control your life or ever consume you. And another piece of advice is feelings are temporary. That's mm-hmm. something... Mm-hmm that someone said to me, a therapist said to me that just stuck with me, that you may feel one way today, but just remember that you might not feel that way tomorrow and you didn't feel this way before. Um, so you are able to move on and true. feelings you have will not last forever and they mm-hmm. have the ability to change and things can get better. I like that. That's good. They that was good. Drop that mic right there. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, if you were going to steal that, it's going to go down. I was going to, how did no, you know that? No, I know. That? You wouldn't have been able to. <laughs> well, aren't you her therapist? That's oh, yeah. Point. Yeah, that was actually me speaking through Devin. <laughs> That's funny. Laura, you have any final words? I do. Um, I, when you originally briefed us on this, not, not before this episode, I mean, mm-hmm. during the conversation, in my head, I'm like, okay, this is cool they basically they're tapping into a much larger community to create a smaller one so that people feel supported after they go, th- so go through something pretty tragic. I think a called off mm-hmm. engagement mm-hmm. is pretty tragic. And then I was thinking about it. And as you were talking more about it, I realized that it's almost, it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be in support of a decision made mm-hmm. it's supporting you to make that decision yeah right it's almost preemptive or it can be preemptive mm-hmm. it's it sounds like it's and you correct me if i'm wrong i don't know but you're trying to get to someone before they make the mistake of not calling exactly. off their engagement yeah because you're trying to prevent them from a future divorce or a, l- a life lived unhappily. Like, I think, mm-hmm. I think there's two ways to see what it is you guys are doing and both are pretty fascinating. So, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. I think there's multi avenues of the way that you guys can help. I think that, you know, using your story may help someone, you know, prevent them from going through it. And then I think using your story will actually help someone that's going through it too. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, right. I mean, it's a great thing that, that you guys are doing mm-hmm. and definitely well needed. Um, so if you're listening and this is something that relates to you, if, you know, if you're in a relationship or in your toxic, anything, you can reach out to them, you can reach out to us, Mm -hmm. you know, we can connect you with them. What's your, what's your guys? therapist, call Jess. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This is her new side hustle. (laughs) What's your guys, um, social? Um, so where our Instagram is at DIY breakup and then we're at DIY breakup.com. Perfect. Cool. Um, yeah. And I think, and, and. I always get so excited about every time we record these because I just think about like like the one person it's going to help. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The one person's life that it's going to change. And that's why we do this because it's like ex- it's exciting that we can have an impact on making this world mm-hmm. a little bit better for someone. 
Um, so I appreciate you guys taking the time yeah. to come out here. Thanks, thanks, thanks for um, having us. Yeah. See you at the Gold Club. <laughs> that was in unison. I cannot wait for the Gold Club. Gold Club. Gold. What nervous. are you guys doing now? I mean, it'll only take us about two hours. We're going back to Philly. Yeah. <laughs> We'll talk after. Um, so thank you guys for listening. Um, if you haven't done so already, make sure to like, subscribe, comment, share, do what all you need to do. Really share this episode with with a friend of yours that happens to be in a relationship that might not be the healthiest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Especially everyone knows someone. <laughs> everyone knows someone. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, whenever you guys are listening to this night, day, morning. Uh, whatever. <laughs> I think that's it. <laughs> at the Gold Club. At the Gold Club. Um, I hope you guys have a fantastic day. Um, and thanks. Wow. See you guys next week. You say wow. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>